Hello, hello. This is Series 11 of Satisfied. The Series 11 podcasts enhance the Bible study covering the book of 2 Timothy in the New Testament. This study is called To Be Found Faithful. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we learned what it means to stay faithful to God's truth so we aren't made sick by spiritual error. Today's podcast will cover lesson two of this To Be Found Faithful Bible study. We will look at how to stay faithful to God without fear, regardless of our circumstances. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul said this to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Your sincere faith, Timothy, no doubt about it. Some call it sticky faith because he stuck true to the faith his mom and grandmother taught him. Faith is an important aspect of staying faithful. So let's make sure we know what faith is and what faith is not. First, let's cover what faith is not. Faith is not a blind belief or mindless gullibility. It's not a life of passivity and doing nothing. Faith is also not a religious feeling, like a tingle or good feeling, from performing some ritual. So if faith is not that, what is it? The word faith means a belief, trust, and commitment of mind and heart to something or someone. Faith is intelligent. That means first you need to know about the something or someone. It is based on information about the object of your faith. Faith is also decisive. It involves the element of assent or agreement that the information about that someone or something is true. Faith requires an act of the will. Any conscious choice that involves trust, reliance, or dependence on someone or something requires a deliberate action to choose to trust the information. It is the difference between walking alongside a pool of water, seeing it is there, and jumping into the water, experiencing the water personally. Christians of the first century AD recognized that the whole content of the gospel message is Jesus. They agreed that the information about Jesus was definitely true. They decided to trust God completely and believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Simply put, faith is a full commitment to Christ. Instead of believing in your own ability to earn God's favor, you now trust in what Christ has done for you. That's biblical faith. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Paul writes this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. By God's grace, you are saved through your faith. It is by your faith alone that you are saved. God offers you salvation from the destruction caused by sin. He offers you this salvation by His grace that is given to you. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast of their efforts. Your response is to be one of faith. If you were standing before God and He asked you, Why should I let you into my heaven? You can now say, 
I know I am saved by your grace through my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. You're in. Trust or faith is always an issue of credibility. It is hard to trust God if you don't know him. The more you know him, the easier it is to trust him. You don't have more faith by talking about faith. Getting to know the object of your faith, your God, increases your confidence in him. Knowing God's character plus his promises, knowing that gives you plenty of reasons to consider him trustworthy. The Bible describes that confidence as having your feet firmly planted on solid rock with God as your rock. He is a trustworthy God. I heard Bible teacher Rebecca Carroll say that God's plan for your life is simple. Follow his son. But you won't follow someone you don't trust. You can't trust someone you don't know. And you cannot know Christ apart from his word. That's why we study the Bible. We have not physically beheld the risen Christ as the apostles did. We must see him through eyes of faith and allow the gospels to leap off the page revealing our Lord. And Jesus isn't just in the gospels. When you read the book of Acts, you can see how Jesus was repeatedly involved in everyone's lives, even after he ascended to heaven. Staying faithful to God's truth in his word is part of staying faithful to God. Timothy had stayed true to God. Because of his sincere, strong faith, Paul encouraged him to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God had given him. But fear can keep you from staying faithful to God's purposes for you. The Greek word translated as fan into flame literally means to kindle up, inflame one's mind. The word picture is that of blowing on burning embers to invigorate a flame. Paul said, keep using that spiritual gift. Don't let it die out, Timothy. Keep using it and growing it. That's part of staying fresh and green, isn't it? But what might keep Timothy from using and growing his spiritual gift? We can find one reason in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Fear. We infer from several references in Paul's letters that Timothy had a tendency to be timid or be afraid when facing challenges. Paul encouraged Timothy with these words. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. What Nero was doing to Christians at this time was horrible. Persecution was rampant. People were suffering. Holding your hand up and standing firm as a Christian made you a target. So fear can keep you from staying faithful to God's purposes for you. But God has a solution for us in that as well. First, let's talk about fear. You know that feeling of fear the pit in your stomach, pounding of your heart, and rush of your thoughts as you go from just the possibility of a job loss to starving and being homeless on the streets, all in a matter of seconds. As I'm recording this podcast, we are in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Many people were gripped by fear as they experienced joblessness and empty store shelves, gripped by fear. As crazy as it sounds, we need to think of fear as a gift. I bet you've never thought of fear as a gift. Hear me out. Fear is a normal human emotion 
designed by God to alert us to danger so that we will take action against that danger. That's the gift part. It makes us take action. But we know fear has a dark side as well. I heard Bible teacher Jill Briscoe say that women are a fear-driven, performance-oriented species. Just reading the daily Facebook feed can panic us. Fear-driven. But what does fear drive us to do? Usually nothing good, am I right? When we look at life just with our own eyes, we become fearful, pessimistic, and negative. We think to ourselves, nothing's going to work. I don't know if I can get through this. But when we look at the Bible and see how God helped everyday people like you and I, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God to strengthen us and give us courage that we didn't know we had. The Bible teaches that we can face life's realities, face any fearful situation with courage and peace by entrusting ourselves and our loved ones to a God who loves us dearly. I believe that you and I can learn to do that and apply faith to any fear. So here is a process to help you apply faith to any fear in your life. You'll find it in the listener guide for this podcast, inside that To Be Found Faithful study guide, and in a blog on my website named Applying Faith to Fear. So this is the process. Number one, confront it. What fears do you have right now? Think about them. The worst ones, the real ones, and the imaginary ones. Step two, ask about each one. What is my worst case scenario? Consider just one of those fears, okay? What is the worst that could happen? Think realistically. What is reasonable? Not everything that is possible, okay? Step three, consider this. If the worst I can imagine happens, could I handle it through the presence and power of Jesus Christ? As a believer, you have the power of the one who created the universe living inside of you. Can he help you get through anything? Yes. Step four, remember these four truths about God and speak them to yourself, okay? Here they are. Truth number one, God loves you. You are part of that world that God loves. As a believer in Jesus, the Father pours out his love into your heart through his spirit so you can experience his love. God loves you. Truth number two, God knows what is going on in your life. God is everywhere and he knows everything. If he doesn't, then he isn't really God. He knows your needs and he knows how best to meet those needs. So God knows what is going on in your life. Truth number three, God can do something about it, whatever it is. Our God is all powerful. He is capable of doing anything he chooses to do that is in agreement with his character and his purposes. God can do something about it. Truth number four, you can trust his goodness in whatever he chooses to do. The Bible says that God is good and what he does is good. You make the choice to trust God and bank on his goodness. So the step four is remember these four truths. God loves you. He knows what is going on in your life. He can do something about it and you can trust his goodness in whatever he chooses to do. Step five, pray. Prayer is simply talking to God about anything and everything. Thank the Lord for his presence and his goodness. Ask him for the courage and peace to ride out the storm. Where the Bible is clear, you can claim God's promises by faith. 
anytime you could ask for deliverance and protection. But you cannot hold God to promises He hasn't made, such as immunity from natural calamities, immunity from illness and troubles. Step six, live life securely in Him. Take common sense precautions. Be wise in the world. Trust God to show you what to do and to give you strength when you are weak. So confront any fears you have right now. Ask what is the worst that could happen about each one. Consider if Jesus could get you through whatever happens. Remember the four truths. God loves you, knows what is going on in your life, and can do something about it. You can trust His goodness in whatever He chooses to do. Talk to God about it and ask Him to help you through whatever happens. Then live life securely in Him as you take common sense precautions. Going back to 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul's words to Timothy reminded him of his faith in a trustworthy God. Let's go back to that verse. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, okay? Fear is designed by God to alert us to danger so that we will take action against it. The opposite of being timid. But He gives us power. That's God's power for us and in us. He gives us love. He loves you and is with you as you go through anything. And He gives us self-discipline. That's making the choice to trust God's goodness and what He chooses to do rather than you freaking out. Okay? Dear friends, God may not choose to rescue you from everything that is threatening you. And thinking rightly may not make the trouble go away or make life easy again but you will be better able to walk forward with courage and peace to face whatever hits you. You can choose to apply faith to any fear, and doing that frees you to keep using and growing the spiritual gifts that God has given you. It frees you to serve Him even while living in a hostile war zone. Some of you may remember the group For Him and their popular song, Where There Is Faith. The chorus is beautiful and it fits our lesson today. Where there is faith, there is a voice calling, keep walking. You're not alone in this world. Where there is faith, there is a peace like a child sleeping, hope everlasting in He who is able to bear every burden, to heal every hurt in your heart. It is a wonderful, powerful place where there is faith. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with His faithfulness. Then make the choice to stay faithful to Him for the rest of your life. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 11 of Satisfied.